Hello, this is Black Country Blokes Chewing the Fat. Listen, listen, listen. I've been hearing a lot lately about men don't talk. But in my experience, men do talk, just people aren't listening. So it's going to be me and a group of blokes discussing our struggles and victories through life. Warning, there may be some bad language, so apologies to all the mums, especially on my own. Let's get going. Listen, listen, listen. I've been yet. It's the Black Country Blokes, chewing the fat about everything it is. Mental health, disability, addiction, and so much more. Here with me, Kev Dillon, and my partner in crime, as always, Lee Catman. And today we're joined by Kev from Gordon Moody. Yeah, Gordon right. Moody, gambling addiction. So thank you, Kev, for coming on. Thank you, thanks for having us, guys. So before we go into Kev's story, we're going to do as we always do our gratitude list. Now I'm I'm grateful that we've had the sun out. Something as soft as that, but we had a lovely day. Me and the family, then we had a, a barbecue and just being with each other in the sun and a bit of sun to your skin, you feel so much better. So I'm I'm grateful as something as soft as the weather. What are you grateful for, bro? Uh, similar, similar thread. You know what? I sat out in the garden on uh, a couple of times on the weekend and just sat there, just not really doing, just enjoying it. You know, mm. I actually had a couple of non-alcoholic beers as well. Did you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I was getting cravings for for beer, and I thought, don't do it, lady. Just have a have a non-alcoholic. And, so, uh, first one you've had. First non-alcoholic ones, yeah. Good? You know what? I had a, um, a Guinness non-alcoholic, yeah. and you know, it, it doesn't taste like draft Guinness. The cans never do, but it tastes very much like a can of Guinness. Was, mm. Well, from my, from my memory of over three years ago, it tastes like one. So yeah. Did it did it scratch the itch? Uh, I'm not sure, to be honest. I'm not sure. Yeah. It's stressful times moving out and all that, and um, I don't know. We'll see over the coming weeks. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be a raging alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did realise how many non-alcoholic drinks I can drink in one night. <laughs> it's quite a lot, so it's probably good I didn't buy ones with alcohol in. <laughs> <laughs> Again, what are you grateful for? Uh, grateful to be here, you know what I mean? Because uh, we're, a, we're a smallish organisation uh, and just to maybe make a bit of connections with, with other people in the in the area. Uh, as I say, we've been here for 25 years and as you said, a lot of people don't know who we are. So grateful for the opportunity to come here. And as I like, you know, I, I, I'm thankful for, for every day I've got, you know what I mean? Because I tell you my stories, there's times that chances are that I probably wouldn't see things, you know what I mean? So just grateful to, to wake up in the morning, mate, and obviously the weather, the weather helps, you know what I mean? I think I was up here for about three weeks and it, it didn't stop raining. <laughs> <laughs> Should be used to that up in Scotland so, now. So the, the webbed feet came in handy, you know what I, mean? <laughs> I felt at home, but yeah, that's, uh, I always do a gratitude list, mate, so I'm grateful for being here, thanks guys, I appreciate it. But it's like your gratitude list, I've, I've started doing one every day, and I, I, I do it Consciously, I was trying to, but someone told me to stop writing it down. Yeah, my good friend Emily Barney. So I just jotted it down, and every day, number one, woke up. Yeah, that's my first one every day. Absolutely. And then it's whatever I've brought my daughter to school, or I've done this, I've done that, and all the silly things. And they go, Oh, yeah, and that was nice. And just jotting it down does make a difference. And sometimes you'll have something, and someone says something, or something happens, and you go, Stop, that was a slight incident yeah of an otherwise great day but don't let that plonker ruin your day i, t- I try and do something in the moment not i mean because you're always grateful for your family your kids not mm. I mean, it's each just something as you say something that maybe happened that day no mm. i mean maybe you've seen something funny or maybe somebody kind of stopped a car for it. just just be things not i mean mm. just because as i said it's, it's easy to 
to get monotonous, you know what I mean, with the, the same thing, you know what I mean? So I try and always do something. What happened that day? What was I grateful for that day? As you say, it might be something, just something slightly different. And where did you learn that? Is that something you picked up? Is that, sorry? Where, where, when did you start doing your gratitude list? When I went to rehab. When I went around here, uh, so that would have been five years ago in July. I mean, it's something that we promote. I mean, because uh, I think as an addiction, it's it's hard to be grateful for things. You know what I mean? Uh, and then when you take a step back, there's a lot of things to be grateful. You know what mm. I mean? For for that you probably don't realise you'd probably lost sight of that. So just getting you back into that negative thinking into a positive thinking, and it just starts with gratitude. You know what I mean? As I say, just one wee thing. It might just be one thing that you're grateful for that day, and it might be just waking up because it might guys might get to the point that's all they've got. You know what I mean? And that might be the only thing that they've got in their life that they're thankful for is actually opening their eyes. We uh, we spoke uh, last last week was always con. Yeah, yeah. So last week we had always con. He was in Israel at the time, and he, he he suffered with chronic pain. Yeah, and he used to wake up every morning with that negative thought in his head, like oh, it's going to be a rubbish day because yeah. I'm suffering with chronic pain. And most people kind of understand that. It says, but the, his real change come where he he changed that in the morning, and he he, he was still suffering with pain. Yeah, but he went, you know what? I'm I might be suffering with pain, but look, I'm I'm able to do this today. Well, this is happening today and just that that small change in his mindset yeah. as a consistent changes his mindset completely and it's not that he doesn't have bad days he just yeah. doesn't focus on the bad in that day the pain's still there but he's, yeah he's, he's focusing on something, something that's it that. and that means he can get up and get out and do things yeah. that yeah. potentially um were not letting him do that by having those negative thoughts we, we, we work a lot on mindset as you're saying i mean is Life doesn't get any easier, but if you look at it on a, a kind of more positive outlook, the chances are you're going to get more out of it. The pain's still there, mm. but you're, you're not letting that dictate your life, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. We're gambling, is it, really? You, uh, no doubt you, yourself, you still get those urges to do that. Yeah. But, you know, you know, it's a bad route, and you've changed your mindset to go, well, actually, yeah. I, don't need, I don't need it. Um, I, I can be more positive and do more things if I don't do it. Yeah, we work a lot on coping, me coping mechanisms, you know what I mean, and, and how you how you actually deal with because you're going to the chances are if you're doing it for any period of time and the, the guys that we get have been doing it for a long time so it's not just going to go away you know what I mean, you'll just get on even, you'll get unconscious because you can't control what comes into your mind you know what I mean, but it's just you've got the coping mechanisms to deal with whatever situation that you you get yourself into, and that's what you rely on for a, to a period of time. You know what I mean? Then it gets, well, for me, it got easier. You know what I mean? I stayed never complacent. That what do you think it is that you actually get addicted to? Because I think of things like alcohol, cigarettes, they have um, addictive chemicals in them as such, and they same with drugs. For me, it was pure escapism. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm into kind of the deep stuff here, but. The reason I found out the reason that I what do I, I was lazy, you know what I mean? I was born idle growing up as a kid and I got everything done for me. Uh we were brought up in the west coast of Scotland and we weren't money wise, we weren't well off, but we were well loved, you know what I mean? We were spoiled that way. Uh I was overspoiled, you know what I mean? I got to the point where my sister used to tie my school tie and with a knot in it still. And put it over my bed so I used to have to slip it over my head in the morning. Sounds like my son. Didn't do any, any dishes or any chores or a hoovering. And it just turned into 
I just somebody always done things for me. You know what I mean? But I, when I started gambling, the scrapes I get into very quickly. Somebody always bailed me out. You know what I mean? So that gets to the point where it kind of turns into contempt a wee bit. You know what I mean? And there wasn't any consequences to my actions. Mm. So I was just like, ah, well, crack on. You know what I mean? Because somebody will clean a mess up for me. Uh, and that went on for, for years and years and years. You know what I mean? Every, the scrapes get bigger. They, you know what I mean? The, the situations I got myself into were, were more... Some of them were dangerous, but some they were a wee bit more more to it. You no, know I mean it wasn't just a case of basic things. You no, know I mean it was people knocking on the door. It was potential court cases. You know I mean it was things like that. You know I mean, but I always somebody always bailed me out, and it was done out of love. You no, know I mean it wasn't. And that's a, a lot of things that I think family families more so are probably they feel guilty of because. They probably enable a lot of addicts, you know what I mean? But it's just purely a love, you know what I mean? They think of, my family thought if they'd give me money, then it would help me be able to build me a situation. But it was just it was just feeding into my addiction, you know what I mean? And, but what, what they're going to say, no? You know what I mean? They're going to... Some of the stories I told them to get the money... Roll down if I look at not. I mean, it's just <laughs> <laughs> and that that's a common thing we talk to Matt, we talk to mm-hmm. other addicts from booze, drugs, everything. Everyone's got a tale, a tale to tell, haven't they? And it, and it can be from anything. I've, I've been kidnapped, oh, I mean, oh, yeah. I broke my back. You yeah. need to, it's urgent. And because you love people, you want to of see course. that in them, yeah, of course. And heaven forbid, this time they're telling the truth, yeah, yeah, because. Being, being a compulsive gambler, you automatically, by default, become a compulsive liar as well. Mm. You know what I mean? It goes hand in hand. I've not met one compulsive gambler who's not a compulsive liar. Because you, you, you'll say and do anything to get money. And it's probably similar to the other addictions. And as I was speaking to you guys earlier, I could have easily been a, an alcoholic or a drug addict. Because it's all, the way we work, it's all about the behaviours. No, I mean the final act of addiction is actually performing in that addiction, but it's all about the behaviours underneath it, and that's what we that's what we work at in Gordon Moody because they're very similar traits. You know what I mean? Very, very similar. If you break it down and take the actual physical act of what kind of addiction you've got, all the behaviours are very similar. Lying, cheating, manipulation, rationalisation. You know what I mean? The lines were massive as well, and the guilt and shame that go along with those actions. And more guilty and more shameful you get, then you get deeper into it to avoid the problems yeah. itself. That's what kills people, mm. the guilt and the shame. You know what I mean? Because they just don't know how to deal with it. You know what I mean? They feel that guilty. They feel they, they've not got in. Men especially don't don't know where to go. They don't know how to talk. You know what I mean? And ultimately, we don't know where to go. You know what I mean? And, and it just becomes too much of it for us. And, and, and afraid to ask for help. And unfortunately, I count myself as one of the lucky people who, who put their hand up and say I need help. But some people, and I don't, it's not through, it's, it's not through bravery. It's just that they, 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 they've had too much, you know what I mean? And unfortunately, they take the one option that I'm glad I never took. And that's ultimately come up killing myself. And what was the catalyst for you to uh, admit you had a problem and get help? You see, that's that's the thing. I knew I had a, I knew myself I had a problem for 
25 years. Mm. I knew myself it was accepting it's completely different. Yeah. I mean, because I knew myself internally, but if I, if I told anybody, then I've got to act on that. Because if they, if, they if they offer me help, then I've got, to, all of a sudden I've got to be accountable to that. And I didn't, I didn't happen until I was 43 when, I, when, I, when I, need, I put my hand up and needed help. But I knew for a long time. So myself, maybe 20 odd years, I knew it was causing. At the start, you think it's, I mean, it's just your own money. No, I mean, it's not causing you too much. But when when you go through it, I mean, as I said, every every aspect of my life was dictated by, by my addiction. You know what I mean? Uh, but I knew myself had a problem a long time ago. Accepting that I had a problem, mm. that's different. And what was your voice? Was it the horses? Was it the casino? It was it was uh, the shops for a long time. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, on, the, on the machines. Just bookies. Well. I, I was gambling before the machines came in, you know what I mean? So it was just fruit machines, fruit machines. dogs, horses, uh, football. Anything you could bet on. It got to the point where it was two flies up a wall, Kev, you know what I mean? Yeah. I just like, to get any, just any, three o'clock on a Sunday morning, betting on third division Chinese under-18s women's basketball and things like <laughs> that, you know what I mean? I, but it's, yeah. you might think that's bonkers, but see any compulsive gamblers, yeah. maybe listen to this, but that's done it, you know what I mean? Done it. It's uh, just anything to get a bet, a anything. You know what I mean? Because when we had Matt on from Bet No More UK, he was because he, he was a football pundit. But he said, oh, "Mine wasn't on football as such; it was on the races." Yeah, and, and, and isn't it funny? Like with any addiction, so you both said, as you say, two flies up a wall. Yeah, but some people, like we had a, an alcoholic, ex-alcoholic. Some people set themselves boundaries. Like I'm going to get paralytic today, but yeah. only after six o'clock yeah or i drink but <laughs> i don't drink spirits yeah yeah and it's you will justify it yourself 100 percent. that's one of the uh, and you you you'll do anything to to make it okay in your head mm -hmm. you know what i mean and that's what we do is behave as the behaviors and that's why the behaviors is massive you know what i mean because it's i'll do anything to make it right in my head so mm -hmm. it's okay for me to do that you know what i mean and that's that's a range of behaviours, but again, very a similar addiction. You just spoke about an alcoholic, you know what I mean? And it's the very same, very same behaviours as as any other addiction. Just the poison's different. Yeah, you'll you'll justify it by any means. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how bizarre it probably oh. seems to us now. Yeah. Back then, it I don't know. I'm justified doing My that. Dad will probably listen to this. You yeah. you have a laugh. Some of the stories I told him to get money, unbelievable. I'm telling you, you couldn't. Ask, it got to, I, and that's why they call it a kind of fantasy world, a compulsive gambler. I've got to believe my shit. Mm. You know I mean, because if I don't believe it, what chance have I got to tell another you know, and convince another people? And I was, I was living in a, a fantasy land for years. You know what I mean? Uh, it was crazy. You know what I mean? I, you only know when I look back on it that. You were talking about mental health, it goes hand in hand. I was, I'm telling you, I was gone. I mean, living in a total fantasy world. I mean, thinking that I could turn two quid into 10 million. Mm. You know what I mean? I couldn't have picked one winner, never made 20 winners. You know what I mean? It's impossible, but as I say, it's once you're in it, you don't realize you're in it. You know what I mean? It's only until you get your, you can, t luckily, that I can see it from the outside now that 
my mental health was terrible. You know what I mean? It was awful. Uh, but I just again, that's just that it's a total fantasy that money was going to. It was. I thought it was a, a financial illness. It's not. It's an emotional illness. So during the height of it, you're still functioning as normal in terms of going to a job. Doing. I couldn't hold down a job. I couldn't hold down a relationship. Either that be a personal relationship or in a, a romantic relationship. Couldn't do it. Uh, my biggest, my biggest issue was accountability and responsibility. No, I mean, I, I couldn't wasn't accountable. Couldn't hold myself accountable. Was but be responsible. I went to Gordon Moody at forty three, probably the most immature forty three year old you've ever met. Uh, all the kind of the skills, that, the life skills that you you build up as maybe a teenager going to university, twenties maybe getting your first job, getting a car, meeting somebody, and then late twenties maybe buying a house, then having a family, settle down, get a mortgage. Gambling was just my, gambling consumed my life, so see all the life skills that you build up, mm. I didn't have them, you know what I mean? I couldn't, I couldn't look after myself, I couldn't hold a, doing a job, I couldn't pay my bills, couldn't feed myself, got to the point where I wasn't even looking after myself physically, you know what I mean? Cleanliness-wise, everything was just consumed by gambling, you know what I mean? So, the question to answer is, there is people who, there is people who, I know people who can function with it, mm. but... They're probably living a double life. My family knew that I was gambling, but probably it wasn't a lot, you know what I mean? But it was everything. So a lot of everything means <laughs> you're, if you're making 10 grand a, a week and spending 10 grand or you're making 200 quid a week and spending yeah. 200 quid, you're still spending everything. everything yeah. It's just your lifestyle's probably a wee bit different if you've got 10 grand and you've got 200 quid, you know what I mean? So... I spent everything, which made it, it was a massive effect in my life, you know what I mean? But my family, my family always knew I gambled, you know what I mean? And I don't think, and that's just not me making excuses, I, I take accountability and responsibility for everyone, but I don't think they understood how bad it was for me, you know what I mean? And that's not me looking for self-pity or anything like that at all, you know what I mean? I think, that, I think that's in general in society, like we spoke earlier, you see a drug addict or an alcoholic and, and you can physically see the yeah. damage it's doing yeah. whereas gambling can be or that addiction can be hidden a lot yeah. easier and you said the, some... the general consensus of gamblers are just greedy mm. you know i mean they just want to win money and it's it's far from the case you know i mean it's not it's not a financial illness it is an emotional yeah because even if you'd have won a million you'd have still gambled see, it got you'd to have had point, enough money yeah, to, it to, got to the point yeah. where i got a bit of inheritance and i I know I, I, I don't like because I'll, I'll kind of go into that. But it was the money that I'd been chasing. Mm. Uh, the money it's the money that I got through that was the money I always dreamt of. You know what I mean? I, see yeah. if I could get run about that amount of money, I'd be upset. It was gone very, very, very quickly. And that's when I realised it's not a financial illness. You know mm. what I mean? Because if it was, then I wouldn't be sitting here. You know what I mean? I'd be financially secure. Yeah. Or it, would, it wasn't life-changing money, but it was money to me, as, as, as from where we came from, it was a, it was a decent amount of money, you know what I mean? Mm. It got me a nice deposit on a flat, and I it, it set me up, you know what I mean? But when that went, that's when I realised, oh, I'm in trouble here. How does you know that I mean? make you feel now, knowing that you kind of had, not again, not set for life at that? Like, I think I've gambled a handful of times yeah. since I've turned 18, and... Uh, 
uh, and it's you know it's never really interested me yeah. enough, but it gutted me even losing a fiver. Yeah. So I can't imagine sitting there now and going, well, actually I had this money, and now and I don't know. I'd never had any. I never ever had any value for money anyway. But no, yeah, I never had it because again, there wasn't any consequences to my actions growing up. See, as I say, see every scrape that I went through. My mum, my dad, my brother, my sister, my stepdad, my friends, all bailed me out. I mean, so there wasn't any consequences or massive repercussions to my life because no, I mean, because if I wanted to go on holiday. I'd put on a crocodile tears and my mum would pay for it. Or if I wanted to go a night out, I'd phone my dad up and he, you know what I mean? If I wanted to go every weekend, I'd make up a bullshit story that I've, my bank card's been lost and one of my pals would give me it, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's very, it's, 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 it was hard for me to put any value or money on there because even if I lost my money, I still got to do the things that everybody else was doing, but it was just that somebody else was paying for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is, so... You see that they're talk, you're talking about the money the money I lost. That was a sore one, you know what I mean? Because it was inheritance from my mum who died, you know what I mean? And it's but ultimately that's got me to where I am now. Yeah, and I, I think mean? sometimes we have to see that because you, yeah. you you've you've gone through that, you've gone through addiction, but ultimately you're working with Gordon Moody now and helping other people overcome theirs. And if you hadn't have been through that journey, you wouldn't be helping those people. As it's it's one it's one of the things that that was a kind of the straw broke the camel's back that one, you know what I mean? That at that point in time when I realised it wasn't financial, that it wasn't too long after that that I actually applied for Gordon Moody. Uh, so again it's it's not me kind of dismissing it and it's not me being blasé, but it's gone. Mm. You know what I mean? It's if, if I fix it on that, I'm in trouble, you know what I mean? Because it's not just the kind of money that I can just pull out of thin air. Mm. I mean I've, I've got a it's, it's something maybe people are looking at how can you just write that amount of money off but I've, I've got to see for mm. just for me to move on and get past that I've got to go all right that's it done and it was probably a turning point in my life you know what I mean as much as it hurts for where it came from it's it was you can't thing. change it can it you know, so there's no point in it sometimes that's people think that's easy option you say oh, I can't change it you know what I mean but I it's also the it. truth I can't you know what I mean mm. I can't go back in time and and, and get that money back, you know what I mean? Could I be doing it now? Absolutely. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it's just one of those things that I'll again I'll take accountability and responsibility for maxims and spending that. But for me to for me to move on, I've got to kind of just go at it away. I think that's the key with life, isn't it? You can't change it. So why dwell on it? Accept it to move on from it. And learn from it. And learn from it. Mm. Well I go to GA and the old serenity prayer says, God grant me serenity, yeah, accept yeah. the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and I led to know the difference. I can't change that, you know what I mean? But I can I can I can learn from it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, 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 a, it's, it's a tough it's it's a tough one, not I mean before because uh more so what the, the money was associated to mm-hmm. rather than the fact the actual physical amount itself. But you know like in gambling rehab. Because when you think of rehab, you think of yeah. detox. Yeah. I'm going to come off the gear. Yeah. I'm going to get fit. I'm going to get... So how do you detox from gambling? It's a, it's a, it's a tough one, but you... you there is a... You do, you do get withdrawal symptoms, although it's not... Mm. You don't have to put something physical into your body. When I was an addict, 
I still am. But when I was performing as an addict, I didn't need something. Well, an alcoholic maybe need a drink to function. A drug addict might need some drugs to actually get kickstart their day. I didn't. I didn't physically need that. Mm. But I needed. I needed something. You know what I mean, but I could still get up and and, and kind of have my breakfast without actually physically having a bet, but it got to the point where I needed a bet very early on in the day, but when you're saying how do you detox for that, we, for the first two weeks, now ours is a 14-week programme, okay, uh, residential. 14 weeks. 14 weeks. Long. The first two weeks, you do very little, hmm. just to slow your head down, you know what I mean? That's basically how we, we detox the guys, it's, yeah. it's, to, it's just to slow them down, you know what I mean, because my head was going 200 miles an hour, Know what I mean? We motors going here. Who do money? How do I get money? Who have I got to avoid? Shit, right? He gets paid a deal. I'm drinking a nip round him. So there's that many yeah. things going on in my head. It's like, I mean, they all can actually get the guy spinning, spinning the, the plates. Know what I mean? It's that many plates. You keep trying to spin that many plates just to keep, to keep things going without your story getting or getting found out. Uh, that. We, we try and slow the guys down a wee bit, you know what I mean? And, and we bit of reflection, you know what I mean? So that they do that for two weeks, you know what I mean? And that's how we kind of physically get them to, would you call it a detox, probably? So you've had that little bit of a stage. I'm, I'm interested in it. So you've got them there, you've got them, as you say, I'm at first it's, there's two ways. Either you're pointing to get out or you're very eager to stay in. But both of those can be short-lived, can't they? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because you've either got to go, go, I don't belong here, or I want to be here. Yeah, I'll do whatever you tell me to. And we're all very enthusiastic at first. And then you're thinking, oh. Yeah. And I always think with voices as well, you do so well. And then you go, well, I'll reward myself. I've done so well. I'll just have one. And one turns into 10, which turns into a problem again. I only have to look back at 30 years of carnage to let me know that it doesn't hold any, it doesn't turn out well. No. You know what I mean? And anybody, as I say, I go to GA and I, I work in Gordon Moody, there's no one person that's walked into GA, there's no one person that's walked into Ga um, Gordon Moody and say, Kev, see that gambling? It's fucking brilliant. Get yeah. a crack. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it doesn't hold any illusions to me, Kev, that it's going to turn out any differently. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, that, that to me is... And that was a turning point, you know what I mean, for me. I'd had, I'd had enough, hmm. you know what I mean? I just had enough. I've got no illusions to say, Gavin beat me, you know what I mean? That's, I've, got no, I've got no qualms of that, absolutely none whatsoever, because I only need to look at the pain it caused myself and the pain it caused my family over that period of time to say, it's not going to be any different, because I don't know when to stop, you know what I mean? I've got that compulsive nature with gambling that, it's not just going to be, I'm maybe win a couple of quid. I'm going back to all the behaviours again, and again, mm -hmm. we get back to the behaviours. How am I going to get money? I'm going to be lying, I'm going to be cheating, I'm going to be deceiving, I'm going to be manipulating people. And that, see, but I don't want to get back to it anyway. Yeah. It's not that I can't get back to it. I can if I want. There's, I've got a choice. I just don't want it. The life that I've got at the moment is, I'm, it's not perfect by any way, shape or form. I don't think anybody is, but... I'm building a decent life myself, Kevin. I'm I'm more scared of losing that. Yeah. And probably it's in, in between the two years, which is a wee bit of clarity that we're talking about with the guys coming in for the first two weeks that their heads all over the place. That's the one thing I cherish at night when I go to bed. I 
Course, You'd have a lot of ducking and diving and, and trying to figure out who to pay, not to pay. Absolutely. A bit of peace. So after, That's exactly. So Contentment. After, after that first two weeks, what kind of things, like if someone was there now, sitting yeah. there, so I just want to put people's minds at ease because when we when we feel like we're going into these places, we feel like we're going to be judged, and we're going to feel like we're going to scary, isn't it's it? Scary. I can imagine to it's very scary. No, I mean it is very scary because we are, as I say, it's an emotional illness, and one thing that I don't anyway. I, I can't speak for anybody else, but through the work, and I know it to be true that we just become emotionally numb. Mm. No, I mean, and you become. You think, when you've been that person for so long, that's the only person you can remember, isn't it? And the force of being someone different can be frightening. Fear, fear's a fear's a, a, a very big factor. No, I mean it's scary. It's just it's a it's a fear of the unknown. It's a fear of actually hoping that something might be better than this. No, I mean, mm. uh, and sometimes, sometimes if, if it's a fear that stops pe people from actually doing anything about it because. For me, myself, again, I was happy just to sit in my own comfortable pain rather than think that things could be different. Mm. I mean, and I wasn't brave enough until I was 43 to actually think any different, but sometimes it's easier to sit in the, the kind of carnage that you're, you're used to. What you know. No, I mean, because it's what you're used to. It, it becomes that, that comfortable pain, that kind of, that thing that, although it might be shit, but it's my shit. If that makes sense, no, I mean, and I'm used to, I'm used to the pain, and and sometimes it gets to the point where I thought, well, if people think this is what I'm like, I'm going to live up to it, no, I mean, mm. and that was all through my own doing, no, I mean, it was just, it wasn't that I'm blaming other people who have that perception of me. I, I, I gave them that that reason to think of me like that, uh, but again, we we. We strip it back again, we go to the behaviours again, we break it down, you know what I mean? There's there is usually, there's sometimes there's a lot of trauma in life as well, again, that 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 people maybe look at as again that escapism that they just kinda deal with, they find somewhere else to go again. You know what I mean? Just that safe place where that's just too hard, that's too painful to deal with. Uh and that that's tough that one, you know what I mean? Because that's going to places that we just shut off, you know what I mean? We just block that wee key and just throw it away. We've got to try and unlock that. No, I mean, and that's where the therapists who do an amazing job is. Are, and trauma's got much. many different faces, hasn't it? It you can be. We've, it hasn't got to be a childhood trauma. Hasn't got to be a no. sexual trauma. Trauma can be something that has literally traumatized you to being bullied, to yeah, seeing yeah, something. To yeah. it hasn't got to be. To some people, you go bloody hell that. But to you, yeah, that has changed your life. Absolutely, but the trauma could, you, it could be the trauma through your own addiction, but the yes. situations that you're putting in, things you've said see, and done. See, for me, I had a great upbringing. Mm. I cannot, I cannot quit. No, I mean, I've got a brother and a sister who are doing well. No, I mean, I was brought up in the same household. No, I mean, uh, my mum and my dad split up very young, but my, my stepdad. I uh, was brilliant to my dad was still in my life, you know what I mean? So some I mean I go through it, some some people haven't got any parents. I'd see the best parents you could ever ask for. Two two great a great brother and a great sister. So I can't I cannot blame childhood on that. You know what I mean? So there was absolutely no trauma in my life. It was just me. 
I was just so self-centered and, and for myself that I thought I deserved everything f for nothing. You know what I mean? I've I seen my brother and sister work through 15 and 16 uh, and make a good life for myself, you know what I mean? The graft, you know what I mean? And I get jealous of that because I was lying in my bed at four o'clock in the afternoon and thinking everybody was supposed to make give me the things that they've worked for. You know what I mean? So it was my my total selfishness and just arrogance and cockiness and ego that I thought, I'm Kevin Mealy. I deserve everything in the world. Maximum output for minimum effort, you know what I mean? And that's that's where I was jealous of my, my, my brother and sister for a long time. But I didn't realise they're doing it right way. You know mm. I mean? And then it got to the point I was wondering, why are they not asking me to night suit? You know I mean? Why are they not asking me for weekends away? Because they're working damn hard to get it and I'm expecting them to pay for mine as well. <laughs> so it's 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 bonkers. So back to the rehab, because like just putting people's minds right. So you, you've got 14 weeks, the first two weeks or yeah. What kind of other things can you expect if you went there? Is it very therapy? Is it group sessions? Yeah, it's is a lot it... of CBT, you know what I mean? It's a lot of cognitive behavioural therapy. You do get one-to-ones with this, uh, uh, with therapists. You've got a support worker. But a lot of it's, 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 group, it's, it's group work, you know what I mean? Again, it's so... Understand, the biggest thing is that the guys find out, see the non-judgmental environment that they work in, you know what I mean? That's massive, you know what I mean? Because... Some of the stories that you hear, and some of the stories that I've, I've somebody else looked at you go, ah, he's a lunatic. Mm -hmm. See the things that I've done personally. Some people go, ah, how how could you? But mm -hmm. they don't. When you're in the depths of addiction, the unacceptable comes acceptable. You know what I mean? Things that you never thought you would ever do growing up then become acceptable just because you need to feed this addiction. And that's the biggest thing that we've got in Gordon Moody is just that non-judgmental that they feel as if they can actually talk about what they've grown. And that might not only be the gambling, but it might be trauma. You know what I mean? It might be just relationship issues. It's things that they run away from. You know what I mean? There's a lot of... It's a lot of, a lot of peer... You know what I mean? The, the peer environment, you know what I mean? The, the, the guys spend more time with each other than they do with staff, so they're probably their biggest help. No, I mean, I'll speak for myself. I, I learned more, and that's not me taking away from the work that I, I got from the therapist and that I got the mood myself, but I grew more after five o'clock when the staff went home because that was me when you're building up relationships with other people, you're starting to trust each other again. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're opening up uh, to people who understand you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing that they realise that they're not alone, you know what I mean? They realise that my heads, people's heads work like me, you know what I mean? Mm. You're living in a head yourself going like, ah, I don't know what's going on here. And then all of a sudden you get into an environment where people actually get you, you know what I mean? And, uh, and no doubt there's people in there uh, further along their 14 weeks, so they, they, they can... It's a, so we, it's, a, it's a rolling programme, right. you know what I mean? So yeah. it started somewhere, obviously, but... God, but it, so some days at week one, some days at week two, some days at week three, some days at week four, some days at week five, and then through to four, through to fourteen. So when fourteen drops out, we get a new one in. Yeah. So there's always that. There's always that peer element that a bit more experience. Yeah, as and, in the and, weeks and, as you get. And, and sometimes, all the guys walk in just a wee bit of hope, and then all of a sudden they see somebody 
graduating and their families come down and, and they go, I, I want a bit of that. No, I mean, mm. So that's, that's what we can, uh, that's why the kind of 14 week programme works that you've always got somebody a wee bit far, further ahead of you to maybe not aspire to, but I grab onto a wee bit. Mm. And, and, and also guide you. you know what I mean? And, and, and if you are struggling, then the further on you get, you do get your conscience back, you do get yourself off back, you do get your kind of, your, uh, maybe your dignity back as well, you know what I mean? And that, that the guys grab, the guy behind that grab onto that, you know what I mean? Uh, we do a lot of, it's it's a lot of CBT, as it's obviously there's, there's, a, there's a therapy side of it as well, but I'm a firm believer it's a talking illness, you know what I mean? The more we talk about it, yeah. I mean, we do, we do kind of, a lot about behaviours, you know what I mean? We do, we, we talk about uh, the the lying, the manipulation, the justification, rationalisation, uh, honesty. Uh, so that's a lot of things we do. We do, uh, back end of it, we do a relapse prevention group, you know what I mean? So you do six weeks of the honesty group and the behaviours and you do six weeks of the relapse prevention, which that that's the coping mechanisms that we were talking about earlier on, you know what I mean? That that you can fall back on if you get into situations that you previously did, you know what I mean? Or oh, I just remember how this was and that do a lot around finances as well, you know what I mean? Uh because I can probably well, again my relationship with money was non existent. You know what I mean? It was just tokens at that point in time just to gamble, you know what I mean? Didn't have any value for it. Uh we do a lot about we do a lot run about debts as well, you know what I mean? And at that point in time it, it's looking forward, it's like, right, where do you want to be, you know what I mean? Access courses for college and university, retraining, help and things like that. Uh, we've got the recovery house for people who maybe need a wee bit more more support. We do a lot of, we've got a great relationship with, with Dudley Council, with people who want to relocate, you know what I mean? So getting them their own space, getting their own flat, moving on, you know what I mean? So uh, although the 14, although the kind of, the, the, the rehab is the kind of, the 14 weeks of pre-support the guys can we, we help them before they come in know what i mean uh they've got one-to-one -one sessions we support them before they come in because obviously they, there's a waiting list and after that we've got uh we've got aftercare which is amazing know what i mean so we look at it as a holistic thing although the rehab is the kind of the kind of center point of the treatment before and after is just as big as well we've got a family group as well we've got a family friends and a family and friend group that we do which is massive as well to give the families a bit of support i mean because we've got the guys in in our place for 14 weeks learning about themselves learning about their addictions and how to change but their families are outside looking after the kids still paying mm -hmm. the bills and and holding things together so they need a lot of support as well so we understand that we've got we've, it's not just the it's not just the person who we're treating, we've got to make sure that the families are taking along for a ride as well. We collaborate with a lot of people as well, Wise Up, uh, a couple of guys who are not too far away, uh, Mark and, Mark and uh, Liam, we do with Epic Restart Foundation as well, and they do a kind of lot of mentoring with our guys after us as well, so it's just kind of making sure that just after the 14 weeks, it's not just a case on you go, you know what I mean? I believe that You'll get the best fourteen weeks of treatment. I'm a proud. I mean, I firmly believe that. But it's not just us just doing that and then just kind of throwing. 
Yeah, but I think it's sure. great dealing with the debt sides. No doubt, some people go in there with a, a, a lot of debt on, on their hands, and um, to have the thought of, well, because this debt you're going to probably have to go and work hard to pay off, yeah. aren't you? You know, you, and it's probably easy at the end to go, well, actually, if I just that, won that one bet, I'll pay all that yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, so to be able to uh, stop and manage manage that and, and find coping ways of dealing with that and help. As it's I said, really it's, it's not a financial illness, but it has a massive financial com- impact. I mean, impact, yeah. no, I mean, because one, you've probably got debts, no, I mean, to you, you know, credit score these days, no, I mean, probably short, and you need a credit score for a mobile phone, for internet, no, I mean, for a job now, mm. a lot of people look at their credit score, so although it's not a financial illness, it has massive financial implications, as you just say, if you've not got your debts under control, there's always that, I can just, I can, I can get myself for one more bet if I can clear this debt, no, I mean, and as, as just that compulsion just takes over, and you're back to square one again. So, the, getting your finances is massive in place. Not I mean because if if your money's taken care of, then you can concentrate on the emotional side of it. Uh, so we do. We try and make sure that uh, the finances and the debt. We do a lot of work with step change and things like that as well. Not I mean so, but yeah, it's 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 a holistic approach we look at it. Not I mean it's every part of the life that we look at. Not I mean your job, your career, your family, your finances. And how did you find this? How did you come to working for them? I'd always kept in touch with them. No, I mean when I left, because I went, I went home in December two thousand and eighteen, and I'd always kind of kept in touch with them. I went to kind of conferences and I spoke on their behalf, and I'd done a got to the point where I was on the experts by experience. I don't know. Uh, Kind of group with the gambling commission, uh, and that was there's about 12 or 13 of us in the gambling commission were just kind of asking us for don't know whether it was a tick box exercise, I don't know if I can say that, but it felt like it. Sounds <laughs> yeah. what I mean that they were asking an advice on certain subjects and certain topics, and I met a lot of people through that. Uh, local guy called Tony Kelly used to play with Cov. Football player Tony's got a, a charity called <laughs> Tony's got a charity, a local charity called Red Flag, and I done a I done a bit of kind of facilitating groups with Tony. Uh, might be a good guy to go on. He's got a great story. Tony, ex footballer, uh, and as I said, always kept in contact with Gordon Moody through certain things. Went down to do Q and A's for the guys that's in the house. Not I mean about how much on they went and where I'm at a moment, uh, and a job came up and. Just so happens that I applied for it. I didn't get a job I went for, but yeah. I got another job, and that was uh, that was down back in, which was a um, crazy, crazy. My life just turned down a complete three hundred and sixty degrees because when I was down in Gordon Moody, that was the first year meeting I went to in a place called Orpington, uh, and I was back working in the same place that I went to for treatment myself, which is, it was mad to get my head around, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. My therapist was then my colleague. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? The GA meeting I went to was the first GA meeting I went to four and a half, five years ago, you know what I mean? So it was bad how my life just turned around. And unfortunately, Beckham closed down. Uh, and obviously, I, I had a, a position uh, at Dudley, so that's me here. 
and every friend is. It's different, you know what I mean? But as I say, I brought up the west coast of Scotland and staying in London, uh, well, probably about this time last year, I went I went to Manchester to we've got a, a rehab in Manchester, and I went down to went to Manchester for five or six weeks to help open that up. Then I went back to Scotland for a week, so that was me away from London for about five or six weeks, and unconsciously you can get caught up in all the the BS that goes with London. No, yeah. I mean it's very. It's very kind of money orientated, no, I mean, it's what you wear, where you drink, what kind of car you drive, and how big your car, how big your house is. I'm, I'm renting out a room, no, I mean, <laughs> but you can get caught up in that a wee bit, and I felt as if until I went to Manchester, who kind of similar people myself brought up, you know, what I mean, uh, and then but back to Scotland that it grounded me an awful lot, and I kind of get the the same feel that it's the same kind of same kind of thread to the people that in Dudley that I've got for Port Glasgow, no, I mean, just honest hard-working people know what i mean mm. uh obviously it rains a wee bit more but i'm, I'm used to that in scotland <laughs> but I, I found that the people are great no i mean you, london can get lonely you walk down the street and you say hello to somebody and somebody just walks straight past you mm. at least you're up here and you get an answer sometimes <laughs> i don't understand it because <laughs> of the accent, i'll take a <laughs> i'm surprised we got through this podcast again we've got subtitles though right? <laughs> some will be confused for on it <laughs> for both <laughs> the way the weird thing is we have we have listeners around the world some places we're so some really random places aren't we it's ukraine right, and Israel, it's right yeah, yeah. yeah. hey, i understand us too <laughs> yeah <laughs> but isn't it wonderful how life can take you places that you never knew yeah exactly were possible and did you envision that five six years ago as i say i, I didn't I, I didn't envision much mate there wasn't many choices know what i mean uh for homelessness didn't fancy that much i've slept off a couple of times but i always somewhere to go back to jail i'm not built for jail mate no i mean uh, <laughs> on a box no i mean six foot under and i didn't fancy three of them no i mean mm. uh and as i say just so happened that funny stories well when i was searching uh for residential gambling rehabs in the uk because all the cookies on my laptop or my, my sorry my my tablet at that point in time it was all gambling orientated the first hit was william hill <laughs> <laughs> so because that's that's the first thing that the gambling associated me and i'm going as what's this is this a sign that just came up and the second one was gordon moodyne mm. well did i know that that man and i didn't have a clue who he was but well did i know what a what a role was going to what are always going to play in my life you know what i mean because just so happened he brought gamblers anonymous to the uk as well you know what i mean he was a thought he was he was went over to america uh and brought brought that back so he actually brought up ga back to back to the uk as well which is gordon moody and ga the two cornerstones of my recovery you know what i mean can i ask you why gordon moody do you know why it was named that do you know why it was named gordon moody just, I don't know. He's Reverend Gordon Moody, MBE. You know what I mean? He's done a lot. He's done a lot. Right. Of, done a lot of work with. You know what I mean? Uh, I think it was homelessness. I think he done first, and then it was gambling. Uh, that's what obviously set set up Gordon Moody down in Beckenham. That was our fiftieth year last year. Uh, so we've been doing it for fifty years. So a visionary, we could call him. Probably you know what I mean. 
and I said, just a massive, he's played a massive part in my life that it gave me, it was a place where it gave me opportunity to, to find out who I was, you know what I mean? Because I, I didn't, people go to rehab, and this is maybe where the kind of detox side of it comes in. I didn't find it as if it was your stereotypical rehab, you know what I mean? Because you see it on TV and things like that, that people they get shakes or they're going cold turkey or they've got to get medication. Again, with the, because you don't have that that physical attraction to it, you don't need anything to, in your body. That I just found, I, the, the way I looked at it was it was a find out about how Kevin ticks rehab. You know what I mean? It was like a, a lifestyle rehab for me. You know what I mean? Uh, and I still, I still find it strange that, and I'm not going to, I, I know other people, other people, struggle with the gambling still and I understand that but it's still I still find it strange that I went into Gordon Wood on the twenty third of July two thousand and eighteen. Twentieth of July absolute lunatic with gambling. Couldn't stop thinking about it. Twenty first same, twenty second same, twenty third. It's not been a massive issue at all. Because I found out very, very early on by a, a very bright woman, uh who was my therapist and turned into my colleague. Gambling wasn't my problem. Gambling was my solution. That was the problem. Based on my story, you know what I mean? That, mm. that self and me, you know what I mean? That I thought I'd a God-given right to get everything without any effort. And that kind of pickled my head a wee bit, you know what I mean? Because then I went and it says, look, so if I do things the right way, then I don't need to get back gambling. So I'm not saying you'll not get back gambling, you give yourself a great opportunity. If you grow up and take accountability and responsibility for who you are and deal with deal with the stuff that you've ran away from for the last thirty years, and up until now things have things have went okay. It's not been perfect. I mean, I still get struggles, but my hardest day in recovery is a million times better than my best day in addiction. I'll tell you that a million times better. But I always say love will finish the quote. That's a lovely one. It is. Oh, well, I was going to actually ask as well how they can get in touch with Gordon Moody. Gordonmoody.org.uk. I've also got, there's, it's, it's, again, we're part of the, the National Gambling Helpline. I'll, I'll, maybe can get you to put the numbers that up. Oh, I can do that, not a problem the, at all. We've had the, the website scrolling across the bottom of the screen yeah, as we're going on. Uh, the and National Gambling Helpline, uh, you can contact them, Gamcare as well, we can get that number put on. Uh, yeah. But, it's becoming more. It's becoming more prominent. It's becoming more. People are becoming a, a more aware of of how how dangerous it is. You know what I mean? Uh, they still need a lot of a lot of more work done on it. You know what I mean? Because again, I think we need to educate people an awful lot more. Yeah. We're at the back end of it. You know what I mean? Obviously, we've 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 got the people who have obviously got to the point where they need intervention and they need help. Uh, and I think. With any any addiction, there's always going to be that. I mean, but we need to educate people a lot more on on the potential harms of gambling because it's it's seen as a social. But and, and it, again, I've got people in in other fellowships who have got other problems with other addictions, and I'm not going to turn around and say I want all a pub shut. You know what I mean? And and that's I, it's not a case of closing every bookies and don't let people bet because 99.9% of the people can gamble safely but we've got to be we've got to make the people aware that there's massive dangers to this you know what I mean? mm -hmm. 
and that's where education comes in. Uh, you've got to educate people and got to make them aware uh, of the potential harm of this. So, give. have you got any quotes and sayings that have helped you get through life? I'm sorry? Have you got any quotes or sayings that have helped you get through life? Uh, what I learned in Gordon Moody, that I, I, it was Winston Churchill that said that uh, those who forget the past are condemned to repeat it. So if I, if I don't if I don't remember the things that I'd done in the past, I'm got a feeling to do them again. Know what I mean? So if I forget how how I hurt myself, how I hurt my family, know what I mean? And the pain I was in before I went to God the wound. If I if I forget that, then I'm in trouble. Know what I mean? Because that just gives me a free rate to do things again. Well, brother, thank you ever so much for coming on and sharing your story. No, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for thanks for letting me share my story. And they say we're in Dudley, we're a local charity. You know what I mean? And the reason I come on here is maybe to make myself a wee bit more aware and maybe connect with other with other charities and we can you know, maybe get a wee bit of relationship going on because we do encourage the, the guys who are in me to to do a wee bit of charity work and it's good for their self confidence. It's good for their social skills. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people. When we come in, I've isolated ourselves for a lot of time, not I mean, uh, and just to bring themselves out again. So, if you feel as if you can maybe do a wee bit of collaboration again, the website and so on, we'll get a website up and see where we can go. Definitely. Well, guys, thank you all for listening. So, until we see each other next time, I want you all to take care of yourselves and each other. Tomorrow, a bit. Listen, listen, listen. And that's a wrap for another show. But if there are any comments or messages that you would like us to read out for our next podcast, please be in touch. There are also lots of different organisations at the bottom of this page and hopefully they can help you or someone you care about. Please share this to spread the word. Until we talk next time, ta listen, listen.